0: Another episode of the David Cred Projects podcast. Um, my name is Elise De Beer, and I am here in Kampala, Uganda, which is quite exciting. And I've actually reached the end of my trip here in Kampala, and I've been here working with um, artist Ada Mulijane with the Kampala Art Biennale. Today, I'm actually going to be speaking to the director of the Kampala Art Biennale, uh, Daudi Karungi. And Dowdy, welcome. Thank you. To give you all a little bit of a background on Dowdy, he is a creative, an artist, gallerist, curator, and like I said, he's the director of the Campale Art Biennale. I've had the really wonderful opportunity to connect with him while I'm um, working with Ida here. And um, Dowdy, let me start with quite a broad question. Where did your love for art come from and why the desire to promote it?
1: Um... My lab. I went to art school in uh, I think 1998 or something. Before that, we, in Uganda, we have this uh, system where education system where you apply for after high school you apply for your your university uh, courses. You're given uh, four choices of which the first one gets you a government scholarship. And I applied for law as my first choice and art as my second choice. When it got to but my grades allowed me. <laughs> art, which was my second choice. I went to art school hesitantly because you know, I think I wanted to be a lawyer and one year in art school I decided to stay because I was offered my position in law school a year later which I declined because I had got a hang of being in art school. But it is at this point that I realized I discovered the art in the sense of what it was and what it could do and what it didn't do and I decided to to stay in art school. I didn't do much of the studies per se, but I I used the time to discover a lot about art and, and 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 what is missing for the larger picture at the time. So in my third year, I decided. I remember sitting in this art class, drawing class, and I saw all my colleagues, mm-hmm. about a hundred of us, and I asked myself, what will we do when we get out of here? And uh, they were, so I, I decided to find out about art galleries, and I went to different... The, after that class, I went to the city to look for the art galleries. I'd never been to any. And I found these galleries which had... There were two galleries, one that I could notice. One was um, a private gallery which was owned by uh, somebody, an, a, a private person who was from Europe. And she was really good at what she did, and, but very... And, and, and therefore carried the, the good artists of the day. Then there was a national gallery, which was, uh, as most uh, national spaces are in this part of the world, uh, not very well run and all mm-hmm. that. And so, and you could see it and you could feel it. So I found, I thought, okay, there's a need for me to have a space where I'm going to show my work, which led me to the whole research into galleries and how the, what does a gallery need and take. So really, out of yes. nothing, I started a gallery because I wanted a space for myself and I also wanted a space for my colleagues. And three years after opening it, when I opened it, I realized that I cannot make my art. I need to, there's there's work to be done to set up Mm -hmm. a gallery. So I did set up a gallery and it took three years for me to actually settle down and start creating my work, which I did for a while and then I reached a point where my work And me making work, I could be put to better use than to make art because there were so many talented artists, but they could not get to that next level. Mm. So I decided to, first of all, upgrade my gallery to an international gallery, but then also to think about the other players in the industry, like professionals, and how they play in, in my context of Kampala or Uganda and how artists from here can be linked to the world and how the world can come here, Mm -hmm. which led to all these projects from the the Campala Biennale to any other, uh, to to participating in art fairs, or BNO, Mm -hmm. or major shows all over the world. To go back to your question about why do I do what I Mm -hmm. do is because when I find a gap, I like to fill it. Mm -hmm. I think it's our responsibility as humans of today Mm -hmm. to correct the missing, to, to bridge the missing links, but also to correct the things that we think. We need to create a world that we want to live in, and uh, if I'm going to be in the art world, that art world has to be with, with no excuses or no missing links. Yeah. So I like to fill gaps, and always my worry is when I fill a gap, what next do I do? But fortunately, every time I fill a gap and I don't feel that I need to be there anymore, mm-hmm. somehow something else calls me another gap appears and my gaps that i feel are anywhere from art and life and business and and i'm into mentorship a lot lately because there's a lot of young people or people generally in uganda that just don't get it Mm -hmm. and i spend a lot of time just mentoring people just to get it
0: Mm -hmm. and i think that's something i really admire because i often hear artists Um, young artists like oh we don't have a space and we but here you went and you saw the gap that there was a need for a space you didn't just like oh there's no space so i'm just gonna leave it it's let's create that let's make something out of that missing space Um, and that's really amazing and i'm assuming then because this kind of leads into my next question is Why was it so important for you to create the project of the Kampala Biennale? And it started in 2014. Is it from that where you once again saw this open space and saw this gap that needed to be filled?
1: Uh, Definitely Kampala Biennale is a gap filler. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Makes it seem so insignificant.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but But it's a lot more than that. Yeah,
1: but uh, it it comes from... at, At the time, there was... I think in 2013 uh, or so, or 12, mm-hmm. or something like that, I discovered, because I, st- I started traveling a lot for art, and I discovered that, you know, out there, you know, you find these names, you find this and you talk about Uganda, and you talk about Kampala, and you talk about art, and nobody has a clue mm-hmm. what to do. And when you were here, because I would go, come back with a book, and when you're here and you talk to some to people here at the art community about Oh, do you know this guy who does the, nobody had a clue mm-hmm. I mean we knew Picasso and and Michelangelo yeah. you know and and I realized that there's there's a, a, a darkness there's a gap there's no knowledge of Uganda and its mm-hmm. art there's no knowledge of Kampala as a town there's no knowledge of Uganda as a, a country mm-hmm. to the world and I'm talking to Zambia to to South Africa, to Senegal, to New York, you know? It's not about the western, south, Mm -hmm. north and south uh, divided. So um, I realized that one of the things that must be done must be creating exchange processes. Mm -hmm. Where or opportunities where people come to this town in the name of a biennale, but while here they interact with each other from all over the world, mostly from Africa. Uh, they interact with Ugandans, and Ugandans show them what they do, and they show them what they do. And beyond an an exchange of that nature, artists therefore continue these connections with whoever they meet, be it a curator. Uh, uh, Gallerist or artist or writer mm. or anybody, I felt like this kind of event is one that would allow us to maintain a platform. With these exchanges happening every two years, mm. after a while, mm. after some time, there will be there will be new knowledge yeah. and new people thinking a new way mm. in, in, for a new narrative. You're right. Because it otherwise it we can't judge it based on the first one. So for me in 2014 I was thinking very uh, futuristic, and I am still thinking very futuristic mm. because the effects of the biennale are really felt much much later. When you think about yeah. the first artist in Dakar Biennale, I wish I wish to know that list actually. I need to find it. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's the the point is where are they today and yes. what is the effect of there's the organisation of the biennale, the first team, the first audiences, the first you know, and how do those audiences grow and, and so there's um that was the basis of the beginning.
2: Yeah, I think. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Now it's kind of the the third edition of the biennale, mm. and what has been the biggest lessons learned from you through the coordination of the biennales?
1: The biggest lesson. Has been the biggest challenge mm. because I am the kind of guy who thinks solutions. Because once you already know the problem, there's no point in dwelling on it. Yeah. So just figure out the solution. And my solutions don't come from one place; they come from from anywhere.
2: Because
1: mm. I like the idea of the end justifies the means. So, of course, the biggest challenges have been the lack of uh, funds to organize a Biennale because my thought in the beginning was about that a Biennale is organized a specific way, it costs so much money. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one has been um, the audience not getting it, uh, and not getting it in this case, again, it is the problem, it's the challenge, but also the, the solution because the the audience not getting it meant to me that okay that's an opportunity for the audience for me to actually create a new meaning to to knowledge and education and and this kind of uh, cultural uh, reminder or transformation so it gives me an audience or a a group of people who i can talk to because imagine if i didn't have the challenge of uh, an and audience that if, if everyone in Uganda knew about contemporary art then what would I be yeah. doing? You know? Uh, we'll be arguing all the time because the Biennale will present something and the audience will say, yeah. no, no, that's not supposed to be like yeah. that. So it, that problem or challenge became an opportunity mm-hmm. which we try to explore through our education program every time we do the Biennale. Mm-hmm is dedicated to that audience, to give a new beginning, a new knowledge, a new narrative for them to, for people to connect and speak a specific mm-hmm. language for a specific purpose. Uh, the, so with the lack of money or funds, it's still a process. But one of the things was also how we changed the format to, to this biennale, so that the biennale is not about people being celebrated. I find that's a waste of money.
2: Yes.
1: It's, it's, I mean, this is a waste of time in a sense. You work so hard to collect, to beg everybody for money and then every, people give you money with their conditions and then you, you, sh- you use it to celebrate mm-hmm. artists. I, I think we are not ready to celebrate, really. I think once you start to celebrate, you lose the the process to move on, mm-hmm. the, that drive and uh, to move and, on. The
0: determination to kind of progress. Yeah, exactly, progress. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think ours is to learn, and and learning is not necessarily from one place, but to just keep learning, just amass as much knowledge as possible, so that we can be able to to create a new future, a new a new you know yeah. generation of artists or, or thinkers. So my the challenges around that, uh, and of course the, the the team. So everything is. Coming from the, so the team to organise also was the, the the challenge was the fact that there was no professionals mm-hmm. doing this work but now there is through our way we, we are professionals at, yes. at 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 creating a Kampala Biennale mm-hmm. I am a director of the Biennale I don't come from a, a background of directing yeah. biennales <laughs> or major shows but. Because it's a challenge, it's therefore a thing to strive for, and every day we make it better. So I think that our work, um, our process is—I don't think anybody can organise Kampala Biennale better than our team because we know all the challenges. And you know, when there was a lack of space for exhibition, right now we're going to join the industrial area. We're going to find empty buildings, and we're going to talk to the private owners Mm -hmm. and tell them hey I, I I put up a biennale here and then after that I'm going to help you get tenants for your mm-hmm. space and then they'll say yeah sure why, why yeah. not and then you do it and then the after that they get tenants and then the next time maybe churches. maybe yes. whatever it is whatever wherever space is is mm-hmm. where we shall do it until when we either build our own spaces mm-hmm. or the government builds the spaces
0: yeah. no I think it's wonderful and no, like I completely agree you, you become these experts because you, you know your country, you know your city, you know your people mm-hmm. and through that you're able to educate them and what art contemporary art can be and what it can mean. Mm-hmm. And I think within the arts education is so heavily rooted in trying to just educate people what art is, especially the general public who often don't understand contemporary mm-hmm. art. So, in the 2018 um, Biennale, you're working with esteemed curator, Simone Njami. And have you worked with him on other projects before? And why did you want to bring him onto this year's Biennale?
1: I've never worked with Simone. We, we, we've we connected from day one. The first time I saw him was in 2012. He was doing, the, was it 12 or 14? He was doing a, a project on uh, Art at Work uh, with David Ajay and with Boza and it was moving all over the the continent and and a friend of mine prior to that had told me that a friend of his is coming and I Mm. should meet him so I wrote to him and he introduced us and you know I did not know who Simone was no idea and then eventually he came and when he did we met while we were here spent some time had good conversations and we, from that day, we we were, we were close and and uh, as a friend, which meant that when it came to things like the first biennale, uh, we organized it locally. Uh, for the second, you know, you, you, like you, so, every time one ends, you, you sort of brainstorm with people that you know care, and and these people tend to, to advise you on what to do, and and he was one of those people who always, like every time. I need to know something, or I need some advice, mm-hmm. I send him a, one line and he yeah. replies with one <laughs> line. And it, it's good because then we continue to share and he is, is a very generous person in that way. And, um, and I also did some research about him, his knowledge on, on contemporary art and his methods that help to, to change something. Yeah. I've had and met and read, uh, experienced many curators in this world. Very few people work like Simo in a sense that what he does, people don't love his methods. You know, everybody thinks it's something or whatever because he says things in a specific way that makes people like, whose egos get hurt and yeah. they, and, they, and then there's a big deal and so on. But I am... I'm not a big fan of mediocrity. So because of that, I'd like people to just, you know, cut mm-hmm. the BS and, exactly. and we move on mm-hmm. and we do things, not properly, but the way we are supposed to do things. Yes. And and Simo is that kind of person. And he, he helps in a sense of making people get there. Some people get there. Some people shut off, mm-hmm. and they say, I don't want, my ego is more important than anything, so I will not move on, I will not yes. take in any more of this, which is still fine, you know, it's like a sieve. Mm-hmm. So why did I think it, him important to bring this? We are changing the, 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 the format of a biennale. I don't think a biennale on the African continent is one to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I think it is one to, to, to get knowledge. Yes. It's a, it's a, it should become a masterclass. Mm-hmm. So we are designing Kampala a Biennale as a masterclass. And mm-hmm. because of that, every aspect of the Biennale, from the directorship to, yeah, mm-hmm. to the education program, to the business forum, to the studio program, is about knowledge transmission. Mm-hmm. It's about transmission. We want to create a, a new platform that is a place for for every two years a place for knowledge transmission and and experience transmission, for transmission generally, that eventually you have a generation, a new generation is born. So Simon was very was happy to, to do this. And I don't think there's a better person that could have done this first edition of this new format than, than Simon, when, when you think about it really because a lot of people come from a very institutional background mm. which is not a bad thing it's just sometimes it has its box yes. that it keeps you in and people like Simon, who are in, independent curators they tend to to do things however they see them natural.
0: Yeah, in a very innovative, innovative in a, way.
1: Exactly. So I think this is the better person to do this kind of. Mm-hmm. And to say yes, and and a friend, and it's yeah. and his family, and it's, you know, it's like it's one of those things.
0: You know, and creating this incredible little community. You yeah. Know, people, that you know, you can go to for help and. And I think that's somewhat what you're trying to create with this new format. Mm -hmm. You know, it's where people can come and learn. People can come in for artists to learn from masters. Mm -hmm. And there is unfortunately a limitation in acquiring skills and learning in certain parts of Africa. And I think what you're trying to set up here is incredible. Mm -hmm. Because here young artists have the opportunity to learn from people who've gone through those experiences and, know what works and what doesn't and um what you can do to maintain a successful artistic career so with here i've been here either being the first master mm. um artist to be part of the program and it was such an incredible experience mm. um, i know that the participants gained so much from it mm. um, and what i love is that i always says it as much as she was here to, to teach them, she learned so much from the participants. So here you have that scenario where the masters are teaching the apprentices and the apprentices are giving something mm. to the masters. And, and what other master artists do you have uh, joining the programs?
1: Um, we have, uh, so we have Aida Molune, we have uh, Pascal Martin Tayou, we have uh, Abdullahi Konate, Miriam Hindu, Radenko Milak, we have uh, Godfrey Donko and um, Billy Bijoka, mm-hmm. and all of these are selected on, 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 their techni- on, on their medium, so they are transmitting their medium mm-hmm. specifically for this. Of course, you have people saying, oh, why didn't you put so-and-so? I mean, we cannot put everybody. Yeah, <laughs> We don't have money. Yeah. Um, Even if we did, exactly. there's no facility to, to have everyone. <laughs> yeah, and the and, and the Biennale is not a one off, it's something that becomes, you know,
0: mm-hmm. a, a
1: continuous process yeah. and continuous experiences and things. It's just it's yeah. a life
0: of its own. Yeah. What was quite wonderful is that um you had an open call for people to apply to join these workshops. Did you have a lot of people from Uganda and from Africa or was it quite broad? Um, with international um, applications
1: as well uh, it was broad a lot of Ugandans obviously because mm. we are here but our according to this program the, the apprentices have to take care of themselves. the biennale will take care of the of the of the master and mm. you know they're coming here and their time and, and but the apprentices, take care of themselves in terms of if they're foreign flights to Kampala and to and accommodation mm-hmm. but once they are here in the studio they they're catered for uh, while while you're here until but we don't fly you in we don't mm-hmm. accommodate you and the reason is to create uh, the same opportunity for a, a Ugandan artist so you don't want uh, we we've been in these situations where foreign artists comes working, do, like in previous biennales, you have a Ugandan and the, a and the, and the foreign artist at the same level in the biennale. The foreign artist, you spend $5,000 to get mm. them here. The Ugandan artist, you don't because they're here. Yes. It's an imbalance. Now, with our new format, it is uh, this is a, an opportunity for education. It's a voluntary opportunity for knowledge uh, acquisition. So when an artist chooses to... When, when there's an open call, the artist has to read it and, and choose mm-hmm. to be part or not to be part. Yeah. It's the idea of inclusivity or exclusivity. Mm-hmm. So when they decide to do that, they need to find their way here. Yeah. Some get funding, some have funds, some ask somebody. But I always compare it to going to school. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're, when you're admitted in a, a college or, or some master class or professional class, the school does not pay you the yeah. school says get yourself here we shall give you the knowledge mm-hmm. so that's the the format uh, of how we're doing this and and but we did get a broad selection of artists oh,
0: that's from all over the world mm-hmm. which was
1: great which mm-hmm. i never thought <laughs> it would happen but you can be surprised all the time about how things happen
0: mm-hmm. and i think I, I really like that idea of when they come here they're at an equal standpoint mm-hmm. and something that I was discussing with participants and then we've mentioned is that it's given them an opportunity to meet fellow emerging artists that they, yeah. they would never meet in any other scenario um, so it's a wonderful opportunity for them to learn from the master and then from their fellow participants and do you and Simone plan to showcase these projects and these the products that are kind of made out of these workshops in the Biennale?
1: Um, my role as a director is really to to make this happen, Mm -hmm. find the finance for it, to develop a team that manages this process, but also to find an artistic director, in this case Simone. The role of Simone is to find the masters Mm -hmm. and plan the exhibition. Mm -hmm. This format is weird in the sense that we don't know what is going to be shown. Each studio is going to develop its own format or Mm -hmm. process that they could choose to show a joint work Mm They could choose to show a master's work that they've been working on. They could choose to show the apprentices' work. But from this point, we are going to have the works. The studios are going to present work mm. for exhibition. What it is is really up to them. And and of course, this is a conversation. Uh, the, the right person to answer this is Simon yeah. in relation to the studios. But uh, just to get and give you an idea, it's something that mm. will be done in in the in a way of. Uh, Separates.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's mm-hmm. really exciting because you have with each um, master artist works in a very particular way, and they have their own methods, and it's very exciting to know that you're not quite sure what you're going to get. Whether it's just participants work with, it's masters work. So the surprise is exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why, it's like for example, the catalogue will come out at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Just to kind of summarize it all and finish it up, and how would you like to see the Biennale function within 10 years? What's the, the big goal in the end?
1: The big goal is to have a transformation caused by the transmission. Mm-hmm. The big goal is to change the status quo. The, the big goal is to have artists who are confident, who are professional, who are masters, mm-hmm. because it helps to, to, to sustain Contemporary art in the world. So, so many times, there's some art that comes out, and it's not so much art, but mm-hmm. it's about the business or the money of the art. Yes. And, you know, the money behind the art. And yet, some people are super creative, and they just will not see the, the light. Mm-hmm. They, they will not. It will not happen for them ever. But with these opportunities, they will get access to these uh, people who have been there, done that, and it helps them to 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 bring out. I believe every artist has that uniqueness in them that can only be discovered, mm-hmm. and those that are lucky will discover it. Those who are not will never. Yeah. And and I, I hope I believe I hope that in ten years we are we are looking at uh, we are looking at changing the. I hope in ten years we can change the format to a celebratory yes. biennale <laughs> rather than a, a, a school, mm-hmm. because then again the biennale has. A has a right to become whatever it wants mm-hmm. to become, depending on the climate. Yes. Um, so And uh, obviously issues like our teething problems or, mm-hmm. or challenges, those should not exist. Yes. Okay. Uh, I believe that it should be funded by uh, some kind of trust, some kind of individuals that care and, and find the funds to, mm-hmm. to put in rather than institutions or governments or whatever, because it's really not supposed to be like that. Yes. I think art is culture, is society, it is us, as people.
0: Mm.
1: And people should take care of people and, and take care of themselves in the sense of, in this sense. Yeah.
0: No, it's really exciting. And I think hearing what you wish for it to achieve in 10 years, I think it's off to an amazing start to become something that's celebrated. And I would encourage all the listeners to come to Kampala. Yeah, it's <laughs> The the biennale is on the twenty fourth of August, and it you won't be disappointed because um, mm. I can just see like the hard work that you and your team have been putting mm. in with the the artists and the participants, and it's going to be really something truly special.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Everybody should come to come. Kampala. Kampala is a beautiful town, beautiful people. People should come to Kampala mm. from the twenty fourth of August to twenty fourth of September two thousand eighteen, and. Uh, Spend some time.
0: Ooh, exactly. Yeah,
1: we are among the top five countries to visit in the world.
0: <laughs> I can see why. I've so. experienced it and it really is wonderful. But thank you so much, Dowdy, for talking to me and giving the listeners a really wonderful perspective on what the Biennale is about and just a great incentive to come and see the Biennale. <laughs>